Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back to MPL. Uh, today we're doing another episode with our dear friends, Mariam and Ali. Um, today we're going to be talking about the uh, the Shia and Sunni conflicts we face in our Muslim community today. So we just want to state a disclaimer. Uh, none of us here are scholars. This convo is not a debate on who's right or wrong or to prove or to prove a particular point. It's just to share experiences that our Shia brothers and sisters have experienced. So um, we'll get started on our episode. Uh, Ali and Mariam, if you guys want to introduce yourselves. Hi everyone, I'm Miriam. I study civil engineering at Western and I've been working this summer. I'm Shia. Hi, I'm Ali. I'm a senior in international relations at Western University. I like to, I love to talk about politics and religion, as we can see from my major. And I'm a Shia too. So we just wanted to start off the discussion um, uh, with a little details about why do Shia Muslims experience discrimination? And we were wondering if you guys could share with us why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ali, if you so, want to go first. Yeah, sure. So uh, basically, to understand the discrimination towards Shia, we have to understand that okay, Shias believe that Ali ibn Abi Talib, Imam Ali, we counted him to be the first leader of the people after the pro after the Prophet's death. Uh, we know that because uh, on, we say it's because of that on because on the 18th of uh, Dhul Hijjah, when the Prophet was coming back from his pilgrimage. In a place called Qadir al-Khum, he called all his followers back who were in front of him, all his, all his followers who were behind him, all to go to the place called Qadir al-Khum. And over there he gave a speech and basically the bottom line was that I, after I leave, I leave you with the holy book, the Quran, I leave you with Ahlul Bayt. And he said to whoever, whoever I'm the wali to, which whoever I'm the, I'm the guardian to, Ali is also the guardian to. That's what we, what we believe is, was the case. So after the Prophet's death, uh, uh, dur during his uh, ceremony, when the, when his household members were preparing for his ceremony and his burial services, uh, a word got to Imam Ali that people gathered at the mosque and they selected a new leader, a new caliph for themselves. So he went to attend the matter to see to see what's going on, and the people there basically said that okay, if you uh, we have chosen the we have chosen the caliph, the new leader now. And if you want to go against that, that's the consensus of the community. Community. If you want to go against that, 
you're the opponent of the allegiance. So Ali, because this was a, it was a very important time during the uh, Islamic age, right? It was right after the Prophet's death. It was very volatile. So he didn't want anything to go wrong for, to safeguard the security of Islam. He decided not to do anything and uh, not to rise up against the current uh, political environment. And then after that, there was this chain of, okay, the first caliph, uh, the first caliph, uh, Abu Bakr, he chose the second caliph, which was Omar al-Khattab. And then Omar, he chose a six-man uh, council, who chose the third caliph. And then it kept, it kept going down like that. And as time passed, the, the divide between the two got more and more because they had different ideologies and different political uh, thinking. And uh, that was just the beginning. And then what solidified it, what solidified Shiism was that there was this constant suppression towards them, and especially, especially the martyrdom of Imam Hussein on Muharram, which actually starts, I think, in two days, that actually solidified Shiism. So that's, that was just a brief overview of, like, what's the difference between them? What, what, how, how did it start? Um, yeah, just building off what Ali kind of said. So, like, the differences that, that there are, there, like, the differences between both Shias and Sunni shape really like the practices that we both do so between Sunnis and Shias there's like differences in marriage there's differences in prayer theology divorce um death and of course caliphate as Ali mentions so when you go back to the main question of like why do Shias face discrimination it's simply because there are these differences and there's these disagreements of like what's like both sides want to prove that they're right basically that's kind of where it stems from and obviously, inevitably, when there is like two opposing views, the minority usually ends up getting like the short end of the stick. So for them, for us, it's either like conform to the norm or like the majority or be constantly criticized for like what you chose or what you like think is right. And something else I think is important to like know is that a lot of these so-called like there are obviously differences. But a lot of them are just false accusations that, like, have been put in place just to create more division um, and, like, fuel the hatred between the two. Um, and it goes both ways. It's both um, groups are responsible for these accusations. So when people, like, when our generation or just our parents, whoever, they're brought up with these, like, um, idea, uh, ideas about, like, the other group, the cycle of like discrimination continues and that's why like it keeps getting worse and worse and worse and that's why i think like the discrimination exists so now we're going to go into um talking about what are the common misconceptions demonstrated to the muslim population regarding the uh, Shia Muslims. So um Faizan and i will talk about the things we've heard um and things things we've heard growing up and then um you guys, we would like you guys to talk about um, like questions that you've asked, like, oh, do you guys actually do this? Or like certain misconceptions that you guys had to deal with or certain misconceptions that you've seen on social media regarding Shia Muslims. So yeah, Faison, do you wanna go first? Sure, uh, I can start with a story, which I was telling okay. Yasmin about earlier. Uh, when I was in middle school, I was you know huge into sports and I went to an Islamic school. And so we always used to have this like annual like Islamic school, like soccer tournament, basketball tournament, whatever. And it was always hosted at this, um, at the school that was predominantly Shia. And it was a beautiful school. They had their own cafeteria. 
their gyms were huge. Like it was amazing. I didn't know that because I was an innocent, like 12 year old kid, just, you know, going to have fun playing basketball, whatever. And then they had this really beautiful musalla area, which was massive. It was bigger than what we had in our school. We paid in a gym for all for the fact. Um, but it was it was amazing. But then I, I can't recall the details of why it was that we didn't pray with them. I was telling Yasmin, it was either because we were just late for the Jama'ah and like it was like we had to pray by ourselves or it was for us some other reason, which I, I honestly don't recall. But I do remember one thing very glaringly. And I remember the, the people who used to come to that masjid on a regular, which was the Shia people, they used to have this little... I, I don't know what the name is called, but it's like that little circular, like rock type thing. Yeah. Right? I'm sorry. I yeah, I don't know what it's called. My bad. Yeah, turba, yes. Yeah. Turba, and so they used to put that on the, uh, in the sujood where they put where they have where they do sujood, and they used to put that there. And someone just told me, oh, like that's how they pray, and they're just different. But what was kind of shocking to me was that I was in Islamic school, and no one actually told me why they were praying differently or educated me on the fact that they were different and these are the theological differences. I was simply told, you know, they're different and that's the end of it. And so the misconception I always had growing up was like, oh, they pray differently. They're just kind of weird. And that's obviously not correct because I, you know, I was just uninformed and uneducated. But that's the thing I that would kept perpetuating in my mind simply because I was never around too many Shia people. And that was what it was. So my misconception was always like, they pray different, leave them alone. It is what it is. Wow. Yeah, no, for me, growing up, like, my mom never taught me, like, what was Sunni and what was Shia. She she, she never said, you're this, you're that. She always brought me up to tell me that, hey, we're Muslim, we do this, we do this, we do this. And um, I grew up with, I grew up with um, family friends who were Shia, but, like, I never, I never looked at them different or anything like that. They, they prayed differently, but I, I'm, like, um, now that I think about it, I'm like Sunnis pray differently too. So like, it it didn't really occur to me or didn't really matter to me. And then, um, but as soon as I got into high school, that's when people were like, "Oh, you know, you shouldn't be this person's friend." And I'm like, "Why?" Because they'll be like, "Because they're Shia." And then I'm like, "What's Shia? Like, I don't know what that is, right?" And then like, they kept saying that. So then I went and I asked my mom, like, "Mama, what is Shia?" And then my mom was like, "Um." Oh, it's just it's just a different type of it's not a, it's a, just a different type of Muslim. They they just do things differently, but we're all Muslim, and you you do not say Shia. And like she just ended the conversation. She's like, you don't say that. You just say Muslim. And I was like, okay. And then a few years later, there were, a conversation came up again, and they were like, oh yeah, I I hate Shias. And then I'll be like, why? And they're like, oh, because they pray to a rock, and that's haram. And I and I was like huh? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. So then I go to my mom and my brother and I'm like, so-and-so said this. And they said that they're, they're not Muslim because they pray to a rock. And my brother brings out the hadith and he's like, no, the reason why they do that is because um, there's a hadith where um, it was like that you need to pray on top of like something pure, natural, that's soil, right? And that's why they do it. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Like, then why are they being weird? And then he's like, just ignore them. They're they're dumb. And I'm like, okay. But like, now that I think back at it, I, I wish I went back and I had the opportunity to educate them and be like, no, that's not the case, right? But then now that I think about it too, I'm like, maybe they, 
are too ignorant to even listen to what I have to say, you know? But yeah, how about you guys? What what have what experiences have you guys had? Mary, you want to take this? <laughs> oh, you can go first. I'll go after you. It's fine. You can go first. Okay, sure. Uh, so, I mean, I I didn't really have that many encounters in Canada specifically, just because okay, I'm, I'm I've been only, I've only been here for three years now, and I don't really know that many practicing Muslims. I mean, most of the problems that I've heard is mostly from okay people who either come from a religious family or who are actually like devoted Muslims, Shia or or Sunni themselves, which I haven't found that many people over here. Most of the problems that I had was in the last place that I used to live, which was UAE, and oh man, like it was it, it was it was really bad because it, it's a predominantly Sunni country, and all the school curriculums are based on Sunni teachings, so nothing about Shia has to come in. I mean, uh, most of my problem, a lot a lot of problems that I used to have was especially in IE class. I was talking to Maria about this. So in IE class, the teacher just, okay, he's talking about, for example, he's talking about evolution. That's that's one of the things he was talking about. And he's like, oh, we didn't come from animals, blah, blah, blah. Like, this didn't happen. And okay, I turned back to my Iranian friends, who I know are Shias, and I explained to them, because I know, okay, they, they, don't, they don't know about religion that much. They come from, they, their families are not so religious. So I try to explain to them. And then the teacher calls me. I was like, what are you saying to them? And I explained to him. I was like, oh, no, that's wrong. And then he's, he's, he starts to pick a fight with me. I was just like, okay, what's wrong with you? I was like, okay, go to the principal's office. This happened on so many occasions. And I remember like one of the biggest ones was about, uh, about I think it was about Muta. And it got so big, he sent me to the principal's office and I was about to get expelled. I'm just like, okay, why, why can't you just like sit down and let me explain it to them? Why do you have to be that, that much against it? Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And uh, another one was also the play, uh, praying to the rock in the Yasmin mentioned. It wasn't necessarily a rock because in uh, in like the Shia religion, the Shia sect, we we are okay with people having shrines for their as their graves, right? But Sunnis they they believe that okay, if you have shrines, they're going to pray for to the shrine, not to God anymore, right? And they're like, okay, having shrines is not allowed. But I was explaining that to him, and then that was another problem. It's just it was it was a mess like uae was a mess you know i i i grew up in uae as well i was there for like eight nine years and mm. i never even like to your point i never even heard the term shia until that like school like story that i was talking about and you're right like it's it's really just thrown under the rug and no one knows about it or people just like don't want to talk about it mm-hmm. so um for me Honestly, I, like, since coming to Canada, I wasn't really part of a Muslim community until coming to London, where, like, at Western, like, I found, I started joining the MSA, and before that, I wasn't really involved in any, like, I mean, other than back home, but here, um, I wasn't involved in any, and, um, like, before that, I didn't even know there was issues in Sunnis. Same with Yasmin, like, my parents just never taught me, like, oh, like, we're different, or they're different, or whatever, it's just, I just practice Islam, like, how I, like, how I thought was, like, years ago, practice Islam, so, I, like, the differences weren't, like, like, didn't really mean anything to me, and when I started, like, when I understood that there's, oh, there's different sex and stuff, 
again, the differences didn't matter to me just because I was like, okay, it's just, it's not that big of a deal. Um, I think I haven't, I wouldn't say I haven't I've faced like discrimination directly, um, like Ali, um, but uh, like I've seen a lot of things on social media that's, that's definitely impacted me. And um, actually uh, my sister who goes um, I know, like, she, they had issues in, like, their prayer rooms about, like, uh, of people, like, throwing throwing out the turbas and just, like, throwing them out and not letting them pray with it. Um, I know, like, a similar incident has happened at Western before, but I wasn't aware of it until after I joined the MSA. So, personally, I haven't really experienced, like, really serious discrimination, but I have seen it happen, so. I, I have a, f a question for you guys. Um, I know you guys obviously can't speak on behalf of the entire like Shia community, but I'm just curious because I, I, I noticed that two of the contrasting themes here, not contrasting, but two of the things here, are one is being accepted as just a Muslim, right? No, you're not being recognized as like a particular divide. And the other one is discrimination based on theological differences. So I'm curious with both of you, if you if there were an ideal world which one would you prefer would you prefer to be recognized as a shia but not be discriminated against and not be acted towards differently or would you rather prefer to be like we are all muslim and like that's it i mean i would say the first one so everyone anyone everyone can have their own beliefs and but at the end of the day we all have the same book we all have the same god and we all have the same topic so I would prefer the first one. Just I don't I don't need to get involved in other people's beliefs. Like your your relationship with God does it not affect me in any way. So like I would put that's in an ideal world that would be nice. No, I I think I'd have to disagree with that. I mean, just because of the his the given history of suppression and discrimination against Shias and that. Okay, if you say we're all Muslim, what's going to be our ideology? You know, what's right and wrong? Each one of the six believes that something is right and the other thing is wrong. You know, they don't come, none of them, like, okay, some things are, are the same, but not everything is the same. So what, what's, what's going to happen to those differences, you know? It, we can, you, can't, you can't neglect those things. So I, I, I'd rather be called a, uh, a Shia, you know? Right, right. <laughs> Wait, so do you agree with Maria? Because she, she was saying she would rather be called a Shia. Was she doing that? The question was, if you would rather be called a Shia but not be discriminated against or further just not to be any sect and everyone would just be considered. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, then I agree. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. I, I, you know, it's it's actually really interesting that you know they're pinpointing the differences between sunnis and shias like m a lot of the sunnis do that and um uh there's so many they don't realize that there's so many differences between like the sunni beliefs too like there's like a few like a year ago i learned that every um m many sunnis like they they follow different imams as well so then i'm like well, then what's the deal here like just they, the fact that everyone's practicing their own thing, um, just let them be and be respectful. 
Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> also exist in like like within shields as well. Like there's different mm-hmm. marriages and there's different like, you just follow different I guess. I don't know what you would call them but just people like that scholars basically. Mm-hmm. So there is differences within shields there's also differences. Um they're called narjas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. But yeah, no, it's, I think, yeah, make, accept your differences, accept who you are. But at the end of the day, we, we need to be there for each other and we need to hold each other's hand to um, empower one another. Because I noticed that even like, like looking at politics and everything like that, there's so many problems also because of like the Sunni and Shia divide. Um, but what if we united, we could become super strong and we could, you know, make some, we could do something different. We could do something good for society. So, yeah. You know, one of the things I never understood was like one of the, the root differences as, as we've discussed is a theological difference, right? But you don't see any like Muslim guy for whatever reason or girl, just like Muslim person going to someone who has a different theological belief like Judaism, Christianity, atheism, whatever, and overtly discriminating against them, right? So why is it that at times we do that to our own people? Right? That's something it's really hard for me to wrap my head around because it's like, you know, Muslims, they're closer to us than, than any other people. So why is it that we treat them the worst? Not the worst, but why is it we treat them worse than someone else who has a completely different theological belief. They believe in different things, um, but they they get the easier sort of discrimination tag, I guess. So that that was just like really um, intrigued me. I, I think one of the reasons is that okay, it's because of politics, right? Islam mm-hmm. is the the origins of Islam is in the Middle East, and right now. Everyone is in the Middle East. They're trying to like destroy the Middle East by getting these different sects against each other. That's one of the main reasons why, okay, different sects of Islam are always fighting against each other. Or for, then, for example, different sects of uh, Christianity or okay, why are they fighting against each other? Okay, because they don't have this many people putting them up against each other and say, oh, this is wrong, that's wrong, like putting them under pressure. Like none of that is happening for any any of them, you know. And that's one of the problems between. Uh, Muslims is that okay? They give in to these all, all these things. Okay, for example, when what, what, when a political thing happens, when when U.S. does something or Iran does something, everyone's just like, oh, this is wrong. We should all go against it. Put it on a like a world scale. Everyone should know about this. But you no, know, just like solve the differences between yourselves. At least in front of the whole world, show that you're you're a united front. And then okay, between yourselves, have your discussions. Have every do whatever you want to like settle the problem. That that's not happening in the Muslim world. Yes, I agree, and that's really unfortunate. So, uh, a few months ago, there was a situation in the UK. Um, it was where a girl named Aya Hashim, she, got, she was 19 years old, and she got shot, and she passed away, and they created a GoFundMe page or some sort of donation page that um, where they were raising funds to help support her family and uh, pay for her funeral costs. And they raised a lot of money. Um, But unfortunately, some people found out that she was Shia. Um, She was a Shia Muslim. And they they were like, hey, can we please get our money back? We don't want to support this. And 
um it's so it's so unfortunate because i know that i I know in down deep down in my heart that these people would have donated to something that was like non-Muslim and but they were asking for their money back because this girl would this girl and her family were Shia Muslims. And yeah, so that's really unfortunate. Um and I just I just wanted to ask you guys, do Shia Muslims feel comfortable in the general Muslim community? with these actions that happen like how do you guys feel um i don't know so personally i mean like i mentioned my like the only muslim community i've been around is at western and in london and that's when i got like that's the first time in a really long time that i had like a community around me that was muslim and i wouldn't say i necessarily look like like i get mistaken for being Egyptian or Arab, so I like people don't look at me and you're like, yeah, she's Iranian, she's Shia. So I wouldn't say I face discrimination just like without people knowing me. So so I don't feel uncomfortable until people like the the conversation comes up and then I have to tell them, oh, like I'm sure. I mean, I like I if it comes up, I usually say I don't I don't go out of my way just to like tell everyone, oh, I'm Shia, I'm Shia, I'm Shia. Um, <laughs> um, and I don't I. I personally want to say I feel uncomfortable, like, in our community at Western. But seeing everything that's happening on social media, um, with the whole um, Aya Hashim thing, um, TikTok, there is just so much negativity that between mm -hmm. the groups. And honestly, like, if you go on TikTok, you find a video of... Any, any Shia that's like, it could be like not about religion, it could be something really random. And all the comments are like, oh, she's not a Muslim, she's Kafir, or whatever. What, like, all the comments are just negative comments, like, taught, like, just like attacking the, this person for their beliefs. When, first of all, the video wasn't even about anything about being Shia or not. Um, and like, like, I just don't understand how people find it okay to like, go attack someone like so publicly also like when you don't know anything about like that person and a lot of those comments are like I mean the same thing we talked about like the misconceptions like she has prayed to a rock like they're not Muslim or uh, she has hit themselves they're not Muslim and she's just like I like in person because I don't I'm not surrounded with that type of community it doesn't affect me but when I see all this stuff on social media I'm just like what is happening so yeah that's kind of you know it's it's so sad when i first got tiktok and everything i would scroll down and i'd be like yo this is probably this is like a safe community that has our generation in it and we can have free conversation and it's, it's probably going to be super open-minded and then i come through these tiktok videos of like shia muslims replying to people's comments saying that hey, you're a kafir and that kind of stuff and i'm just there and i'm like this is our generation our gen our generation needs to be the one to change society to eliminate all those thoughts that our our people brought in like our parents our grand our grandparents or whoever um but and but we're continuing it and like that that just that that boggles my mind because that like 
there's even a hadith or something or or there's something in the quran that says that if you call someone a kafir um you yourself are are a kafir or something like that um it's it's along those lines that you you have no you have no right to call someone that basically but yeah what about you ali uh me personally i, I like i i haven't been Okay, even even when I was discriminated, I don't really take it as discrimination. I just take it as argument. Okay, whatever happens is an argument. Okay, at the end of the day, we talk it out. Okay, whatever. I've had it with so many of my friends back in Dubai. It's, it's it leads to nothing at the end of it. But like, you hear stories sometimes, like Ayah Hashem. Okay, Sunnis and uh, Wahhabis getting, taking their money back, or like for example, I think it was a year or two ago that. Where was it? I think in Saudi Arabia or somewhere that this taxi driver cut the head off the they cut the head of the kid uh, head of the kid off in front of his own mother. I I I think Yasmin posted about it, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like, okay, definitely, some people don't feel don't feel safe. Okay, when like lunatics mm -hmm. like this are running out and doing these stuff. I mean, where in Islam says it's okay to cut off the head of someone mm -hmm. you don't believe is is a believer, like? You, mm -hmm. you run around and, cutting people's heads off. <laughs> you yes, say killing she has a mother. Spine. Yeah, yeah. You say yeah. killing she has a spine. Like, like, how can you count yourself a Muslim if you're doing that? Like, not even a, not even a Sunni. Like, how can you count yourself a Muslim if you're doing that? You know, like wearing Quran teaches doing this is possible. Yeah, there was there was this one time too where um, there were three cousins. All of their names were Hussein. Um, and uh, they got into a car accident, and they they all passed away. But I don't I don't remember where the location was. And um, everyone was like, "Inna lillahi wa inna ilahi rajiun." To God we belong, and to Him we shall return. And then people were like, um, people were like, "Oh no, you cannot uh, say that because they're they're a kafir. You can't say because they're not going to return to God. They're not gonna they, they they're not gonna go to heaven." And I'm like, they just died. Their parents are going through so much pain. You're here on social media posting all that kind of stuff. Like, where is the humanity when Islam is supposed to be about humanity? And yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. And at the, I, I also want to add that like we're we're here on social media and you're saying those kind of stuff. That's cyberbullying too. You're you're not creating a comfort a comfortable environment for anyone. So, and you the, you don't know the effect that you have on someone. Maybe one tiny word could make them like you calling someone a kafir may actually lead them to be like, hey, okay, fine, I don't want to be a Muslim anymore. You know. So yeah. I wanted to um, comment on like two things um, that you guys mentioned through the stories. And I think both of them are obviously related to dis um, discrimination. One is overt, one is like inward. And so number one, with, with the story you gave in calling someone a kafir, I think there's two things to that. Number one is that you, you have to make yourself believe that they're a kafir, so that's inward. And then the outward is that you projecting that onto someone else and like, as you said, bullying them. So what I wanted to comment was, the outward part first of all like the inward part i'm not a scholar i'm pretty sure that you're not supposed to do that like i'm very confident you're not supposed to believe that like a, a shia person's a kafir like you know i think that's very basic um that's that's common sense but the outward part and let's just say if you 
decided that's something you wanted to believe, okay, fine. Keep it to yourself, right? You don't have to project that onto other people and bring that negativity onto other people and affect them in chopping people's head off, like, you know, uh, making derogatory comments on TikTok and social media and taking your money back from fundraisers and things like that. And the reason I'm saying that is because, yes, there is a theological belief. And the discussion we're having here isn't to mix those theological beliefs and, and say like, oh, these don't exist or whatever. Yes, they do exist. And you're allowed to believe the one that you think is the most correct. But that's not to say that you should go and do things based off of that theological belief. But going back to my previous example, just because someone's a Christian or atheist or Jew or whatever, you don't go and like, you know, egg their house or you don't go like steal their money, break their windows, like all of that stuff. Right. And that's not to say that's what happens to Shia people, but just like these are examples of like, why are we continuing to do this sort of stuff if it's rooted in theological belief? And yeah, you're allowed to have differences. That's completely fine. But don't let that get to an unacceptable level. I, I think, okay, uh, one of the main reasons I think that's happening is because people aren't having actual constructive conversations about this stuff, right? Okay, they're, they're taught one thing, and then, okay, instead of sitting down with some different sex sitting down with each other and actually talking it in like a professional manner they're just like hey yeah, this is this this is that they, they don't they don't talk it out it's just like okay this is what it is they don't try to find out about it they don't try to research about it and uh, i think like having a conversation is really 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 helpful like, for example I, I always have conversations with my sony friends like back, back in dubai i always have conversations with my atheist friends always good always amazing conversations that i have but it never leads to us fighting. It's just like, okay, this is this, this is that. Okay, good talk. You know, I learned a lot. You learned a lot. Let's go. But they never have that. They never have these conversations. That's the problem. You know, now that you're talking about that, um, I just, how, like, how can we find a solution to this? Uh, what can the general Muslim population do to make Shia Muslim brothers and sisters feel comfortable? So, um, Faison and I will give you, we'll, we want, we'll, ugh, crap, we'll cut this off. <laughs> I, I clearly can't speak English. Okay. Um, so hold up. English, English, English. Okay. So. <laughs> Literally my brain is fried. Um, so, um, basically we'll give, uh, our ideas and on how we can find a solution to this and then we want you guys to give us your feedback and tell our viewers how um we can be more considerate and welcoming to everyone in a part to be a part of the muslim community yeah so i was just going to comment on my initial story um of growing up in the middle east as well as like the the sport high school um islamic school thing that i was mentioning earlier and that it, it's funny how you know be, even though i went to an islamic school from grade six all the way till grade 12 um yes there was there was a sunni majority if not everyone was a sunni but that's just something we never were taught we were taught islamic history you know we were taught the Sira, we were taught like about the ottomans and like the the, the golden era in spain and all of that all of that really cool stuff but we weren't taught about this uh, this divide, right? It was passingly mentioned, sure, but it was never you know never something that was um, never never something that was emphasized. And and kind of building off of that, even nowadays when you go to 
you know, uh, masjids like LMM uh, in Toronto, Mississauga, whatever, I swear there's like five times more matrimonial ceremonies and mixers than like actual topics and discussions on, on Sunni versus Shia. Or not, it doesn't have to be Sunni versus Shia, or just like Shia people and Sunni people kind of being together in the same sort of event, even if it's like a barbecue, even if it doesn't revolve a theological sort of basis, right? I feel like there is that divide. And even though there might be some people who might say like, oh, you know, this is for all Muslims, like Shia people can come if they want. There's, there's, there's a quote, right? Which is, there's one thing being invited to the party and there's another thing being invited to dance, right? That's the difference between diversity and inclusion. And that you don't, you know, you have to be welcoming of them. You have to take that extra step and be proactive in welcoming them, right? Because if you don't, then they're always gonna, at least I assume they're always gonna feel like there's an asterisk beside their their beliefs and you know they're always going to feel sort of like they're being discriminated against and things are happening against them so i really think education and just like working together you know having more like more events at faith related institutions that involve both parties regardless of if it involves the theological aspect or not i think yeah no i agree with that you know I, I was born and raised here in London. I've been a part of the community like since day one, obviously. Um, uh, and I noticed that like not in one of the in whatever community event we've had, there's never been the inclusion of the um, the Shia community that's present in London. And um, for example, there was a like very recently there was a protest and uh, for what happened in Beirut and people who were all over Victoria Park and everything. they invited um the LMM leaders like the the Sunni leaders to come and take part of the protest and do a prayer but do they not know that hey that there's um there were Shias involved in this attack too there there's a Shia community and there's a lot of Lebanese who are Shia in our in our London community why 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 didn't we reach out to them why aren't they a part of this protest or like to make aware of what happened and like why is there not that inclusion so that that's what that's something that we need to do we need to make sure that we're including everyone in everything um there's that sense of acceptance and um yes at the beginning it might be it might feel different and it might feel weird but like we need to normalize it we need to be like hey this is this is we are we are a muslim community and there's differences but at the end of the day there's differences between everyone so we all need to be together and make sure that we're fighting in the same cause the only i think my i guess my last like thoughts are like for us as like the younger generation or the new generation the most i mean obviously education of course i agree with Faison and the same for 100% um, personally, like going out and researching, like, like instead of just making judgments or making like saying stuff based on what you've heard, like go look it, look it up and see. Well, is this actually what what's happening, or is this actually what like they believe or what we believe? You know, um, and having like an open dialogue and like working to break those like accusations and like being more comfortable talking about it. Uh, like even within our own MSA, like having those conversations instead of just being like, oh, well, we're all Muslim. Yeah, we're all Muslim, but at the end of the day, like not just, I'm not just attacking our MSA, but just all these MSAs because 
there there is like a Sunni majority, they're usually solely catering to Sunnis, and it's never like brought up to like like it, Shias are just not like it's not. I mean, I'm not saying Sunnis are mentioned, but because there's that majority, like it's never it never crosses anyone's mind to be like, well, actually, maybe we should do this to like make them feel more included. So like like working to like um, have those dialogues and break those accusations, and um, and at the end of the day, like the differences between Sunnis and Shias are literally just based on like differences in narrations of what of the events that happen, or differences in like interpretations of like the verses of the Quran. So for like it's just so like we need to stop like creating such a huge divide when the differences are just not that significant we all follow the same god we all follow the same religion we all follow the same book and we have the same prophet so it's just it just needs to stop we just need to like learn how to like talk to each other have open conversation and just like like actively like try to like break those like barriers between the two groups and that's yeah yeah um i just want to add you know mariam is one of my best homies and like i literally whenever i'm like mad or anything i literally go to her not once in my heart like did i feel like she's different from me or anything like that so i think what we we all need to literally just go to everyone as human beings like we need to reach out to them that hey i'm a human i'm going through something like yo listen to me you know just have like those normal conversations and like it's it's like the moment you you in your head say oh they're different then yeah but at the then yeah they are different but at the end of the day like i don't like in my heart i don't see anything like that i don't feel anything like that she's always gonna be my homie she's always gonna be um the girl that i'm always gonna hug whenever i see her so like yeah i feel bad for you mariam how do you deal with this one (laughs) (laughs) Um, ellie what do you think uh, I mean, I think everyone mentioned everything there is to say, but one major thing that is that everyone history is really, really important. Everyone should educate themselves on history, and that mm-hmm. that is where like all the differences start. Mm-hmm. History of how this happened, how okay, where did this start? Where did this start? No, like ninety percent of the people I talk to, nobody knows anything about Islamic history. I'm just like, okay, why not Islamic history? And and even the history isn't just okay. They separated. Ali ibn Abi Talib wanted to be caliph, but, but didn't get to be. He, we say he had to be caliph, but he didn't get to be caliph. Then it was uh, Abu Bakr. But then that's that's not the only history. Like there's so much to it that you have to learn, but the people mm-hmm. don't educate themselves on the matter. If they do, things are going to be much easier. And there's nothing, nothing worse than trying to talk to someone and having a debate with someone who doesn't know about history or is ignorant. There is no way you can convince that person. So before having talks, you should know, okay, the person has to be open-minded to learn new things and they have to actually like go out and do the research, do the work, would be willing to learn. That, that, those are the only things that I think that can change the atmosphere around the two texts. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and I hope that we can continue this conversation in the future. And inshallah, you all learn something and we can be more open-minded in the future. So yeah, thank you so much. Bye. Cover your camera.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.